0: It was back in November, 13th of November, with a Sunday and uh, we just had a TNT planning meeting. We met in a hotel, the court team was sitting down planning, we spent about 3-4 hours planning and uh, then we just, you know, had to close so we said we'll take some time to pray and close and during that time when we were praying, it was really not a time when I was expecting God to speak and, and say something about the coming year but that's when it happened. Sometimes when you least expect it, God speaks. Amen? So it was at that, that, uh, that afternoon, at the end of that TND court team meeting, we were just praying, closing out, and suddenly I had a little picture, a vision, if you would want to be technical about it, of something that was going on, but God, God just showed me, and I got a sense that this is what God is speaking about 2012, and so I did share it at that moment, at that meeting, but as I continued with that, I believe that was God's word for us as a church for 2012. And that's what I want to release to us for, uh, for as we begin 2012. I want to read to you from Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 and 2. And some of us may be very familiar with these verses. In Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 and 2, God says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And deep darkness the people but the Lord will arise over you. And His glory will be seen upon you. So the word of the Lord for 2012 is this. His glory will make the difference. His glory will make the difference. What does it mean? Expect things to be different for you because of God's glory upon you. Expect things to be different for you because of God's glory upon you. Though darkness may cover the earth and deep darkness the people but the Lord's will arise on you and his glory will be seen upon you so when it is dark all around you will have lights when tragedy strikes all around you will see triumph when despair grips those all around you will have hope When hearts all around faint in weakness, you will have strength. God's glory on his people will be the key differentiator between his people and people in the world. We do not need to worry about what we see happen around us. Because even if thousands fall all around us, we will stand. His glory will make the difference. Amen. So this is the word of the Lord. That God's glory upon you will make the difference. Arise and shine. Because your light has come. And the glory of God has risen upon you. Though darkness cover the earth. And deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be seen upon you. In verse 2, when it says, the Lord will arise on you, it literally means to radiate you with light beams. So even if darkness is all around you, God will send His light beams upon you. Amen? So here's a picture that I saw on that Sunday in November. That it was a dark winter night, and there was snow falling all around, but there was a light beam right coming right in one part of this whole dark area. That part was had the light beam of God. That little and there was like this little water, typically water, like what would be a water fountain, but to me it seemed like a place, an altar. And on that part there was a light beam of God. It was dark all around. There was snow falling all around. It was. A dreary, wintry night, but not in that place because there was a light beam of God there that was very different from everything else around. And Isaiah 61 and 2 just flashed across my mind. Amen. So I release that as a word of the Lord for us as a body that God's glory will make the difference. Expect things to be different for you. Because of the glory of God upon you. Don't let what's happening around you determine what's going to happen to you. It's going to be different. Because of the glory of God that is upon you. That's why God says arise and shine. I mean it's all dark around you but you shine. Why? Because His glory will be upon you. He will arise and shine upon you. There are several places in the Bible but God does Draw a, a, a distinction between those in the world and his own people. In fact, the entire chapter of Isaiah describes how God will supernaturally work for and be on behalf of his people, upon whom He releases His glory. And I encourage you to read the entire 60th chapter and just embrace it for you as a uh, personally. But if you go back into the Old Testament, and I want to just read some verses of Scripture from the Book of Exodus you'll find repeatedly God drawing a distinction between the Egyptians and his people. And it's interesting just to read those verses of Scripture. So if you brought your Bible with you, you could follow me. In the book of Exodus chapter 8, verses 22 and 23. Just a couple of verses from the book of Exodus that show us that God draws a distinction, a difference between his people and the world. In Exodus chapter 8 verses 22 and 23. He says. And in that day I will set apart. The land of Goshen. In which my people dwell. That no swarms of flies shall be there. In order that you may know. That I am the Lord in the midst of the land. I will make a difference. Verse 23. I will make a difference. Between my people and your people. Tomorrow this sign shall be. God is saying I'm going to differentiate between the Egyptians and my people. I will make a difference. That what affects the Egyptians will not affect my people. Amen. Chapter 9, verses 1 through 4. He repeats it again. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh and tell him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go and still hold them, Behold, the hand of the Lord will be on your cattle in the field, on the horses, on the donkeys, on the camels, on the oxen, and on the sheep. And a very, a very severe pestilence. Verse 4. And the Lord will make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. So nothing shall die of all that belongs to the children of Israel. What affects the world will not affect my people is what God is saying. Amen. Now, how many of you believe that God can actually do something like that in our day? I mean, it's nice if it's a story in the Bible, especially an Old Testament story. But how many of you believe that God can actually do it for us today? That what affects the world doesn't have to affect you. Amen. This night, I just want to inspire faith in your heart that when you leave this place, you, when you will go out expecting things to be different for you because of the glory of God that's on you. Don't let what's happening in the world determine what will happen to you. What happens to you is dependent on the fact that God's glory is on you. Amen? So change your expectation. Have faith for what God can release into your life regardless of what's happening in the world around you. Chapter 11, again, Exodus chapter 11, verses 1 through 7, again, a repetition of of the same thing. And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Speak now in the hearing of the people, and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from a neighbor, articles of silver and articles of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and the sight of the people. Then Moses said, thus says the Lord, about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt. And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on the throne into the firstborn of the female servant who's behind the handmill, and the firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt. Such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. Verse 7. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue. Against man or peace, that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. Amen. I don't know what 2012 is going to be like for the world's. I don't know whether the economy is going to get better or get worse. I'm talking about the global economy. You read about all kinds of things in the newspaper. I don't know what's going to happen in our nation. But one thing I know, regardless of what happens globally, regardless of what happens in the nation, you as a believer, God does make a difference. And you expect it to be different. Because of the glory of God upon you. Amen. Amen. Expect it to be different for you. Because of the glory of God upon you. The word difference in the Hebrew that we've been reading over and over again. It means to distinguish, to put a difference. But also it means to show marvelous on behalf of. To make things wonderful for those people. When God says, I will make a difference. He's saying, I will make it very... I will show myself marvelous on behalf of these people. I will make it very wonderful for these people. That's how I'll make it different for them. Amen? You know the verse in Psalm 91 verse 7. It says, a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand. But it shall not come near you. Because you've made the Lord your dwelling place. You See, but it's happened to everyone around me. Yeah, that's what the word says. It may happen to everyone around you, but it shall not come near you. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. Amen. So expect things to be different. Because of God's glory upon you. Though darkness may cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon you. And His glory will be seen upon you. Now what is the glory when we say his glory, what is the glory? What are we talking about? There are different Hebrew and Greek words. The Hebrew word is kabod, the Greek word is doxa, used for glory of God. But I think if you go to the book of Exodus, the 33rd chapter, we get a wonderful insight into what the glory of God is in Exodus chapter 33, verses 18 and 19. This is Old Testament. Understanding, but it definitely God's glory didn't change across testaments. Exodus thirty three, eighteen and nineteen. Moses prays a prayer or makes a request of God, which probably nobody else made up until that time. He says in verse eighteen, he's he's talking to God and he says, Please show me your glory. So Moses is asking God, show me your glory. How does God respond? Verse 19, then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So when Moses is making this request, God, show me your glory. God is saying, Moses, I will make my goodness. I will make my mercy. I will make my compassion pass. I will pronounce my name. So what is the glory of God? It's His goodness. It's His mercy. It's His compassion. It's everything who He is because His name represents who He is. So the glory of God simply is a manifestation of who God is and what He does. Amen? So when we say glory, the glory of God will come upon you, will arise upon you. We're simply saying, all who God is. And all that He does will be manifested upon you. And through you. And for you. Amen. His glory will arise on you. All who He is. His goodness. His mercy. His compassion. Who He is as described by His name. And the things He does will be upon you. That's His glory. Glory is a manifestation. It's a tangible expression. It's something we can see feel, see, touch, relate to in a world of who God is and what He does. That's the glory. And God says His glory will come upon you. Meaning, you will have manifestations, visible expressions of who God is and what He does. Amen? That's the glory of God. And he says, the Lord will arise on you and His glory... All who He is and what He does will be seen, will be visibly expressed upon you, on your life. Amen? Would you like that to happen in 2012? Expect it. That all who God is and what He does will be visibly manifested for you, in your life, in your situations, in your circumstances. I mean, a great example of this will be the Lord Jesus Himself. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6 says that the glory of God was revealed in the person of Christ. Meaning like, here's the ultimate. Jesus is like the walking glory of God. Right? Jesus is the walking glory of God. The glory of God was manifested, was revealed in the person of Jesus. All who God is and all that God does was revealed to us in the person of Jesus. What did he do? Lots of wonderful things. Great compassion, great forgiveness, healing, deliverance. Supernatural things happen. That's the glory of God. And God says, this glory will be seen on you. This glory will be upon you. Amen? So God's nature and power will be expressed in and through our lives and our situations. And this glory being revealed in us, through us, will therefore make difference in all areas of our lives. Whether it's the home, whether it's the family, whether it's the finances, whether it's socially. In every area, expect the glory of God to make a difference. Amen? You say. Nobody's getting a job. That's going to be different for you. Why? Because of the glory of God. I'm expecting favor. Amen. Because that's what God does. That's who God is. So things are going dry. No, I'm expecting a supply. Amen. So how can it be? Well, the glory of God causes water to come out of a rock. The glory of God causes a raven to come and feed his man. Even in time of famine. That's the glory of God. That's who God is and what He does. So expect things to be different. In every area of your life. In your home, your family, your job, your circumstance. Expect things to be different because of the glory of God being manifested. Visibly expressed on you. For you. In your circumstances. In your situations. Amen. Which means we've got to change our thinking. Don't think like, well... Let me see what's all happening to everybody else. Oh, it's going to happen to me too. No, no. That's the wrong way to think. Instead, let me see. If everybody's falling, I know I'm going to stand. Amen. You think different. Because though darkness cover the earth and deep darkness the people, yet the Lord will arise upon you. And his glory, what he does, who he is, will be expressed. In you, in your life, in your circumstances, in your situation. His glory will be seen upon you. And in fact, if you read the rest of the chapter of Isaiah 60, it says, And kings will come to your lights; The Gentiles will come. People will come to you. Saying there's something different here. Amen. How is the glory of God expressed? I mean, there are many, many passages of Scripture. Here are some things in the life of Jesus himself. He said Jesus was the walking glory of God. The manifest the glory of God embodied for us. How was it expressed? Just a couple of verses here in the life of Jesus and what he said in John chapter 1 verse 14. It says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. So here was the glory being made visible. We beheld his glory. How was the glory revealed in the person of Christ? We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now the word grace is used in at least three different ways. In the New Testament, grace is used for divine empowerment. Grace is used for divine uh, favor. But grace is also used for divine character. And in this context, in John 1.14, grace refers to divine character. We beheld his glory full of character and truth. There was something different about this person. Amen. So how was the glory of God revealed? It's revealed in the character. In full of grace and truth. It was integrity. Amen. Here was a person... That that you couldn't point a finger to. You can't accuse him of anything. Full of grace and truth. So the glory of God is revealed. In this kind of character. Grace and truth. That's one aspect of the glory of God. In John chapter 2 verse 11. Another way the glory of God is revealed. It says. This beginning of signs of miracles Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. And manifested his glory. So here's another way the glory of God is revealed. It's in supernatural things happening. This beginning of miracles, Jesus did, and manifested His glory. So the glory of God is revealed through the supernatural, through miracles. So expect that to happen in our lives. And in the teaching of Jesus in John 17, He says in verse 22, John 17 in verse 22, He says, And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. So the glory of God is revealed in unity and fellowship. Amen. Meaning, we can't say we're walking in the glory of God if you're not walking in unity. He said, and the glory, he said, Jesus said, and the glory which I, that you've given me, I've given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. So the glory of God causes unity to take place. So where the glory of God is, what is the visible expression of it? Unity. Are you with me? Where the glory of God is, there will be grace and truth, meaning there will be character. Where the glory of God is, there will be supernatural. Where the glory of God is, there will be unity. So what are the visible expressions of the glory of God? We beheld His glory, full of grace and truth, character. This beginning of miracles Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested His glory. So, the supernatural. The glory which you have given me, I have given them that they may be one. So, unity. How do you know there's glory? How do you know there's the glory of God present? There's grace and truth, character. There's supernatural, works of God. But there's also unity. Amen? These are expressions, some expressions of the glory of God. And I'm just praying. I said, God, as I was praying here during worship time, I said, God, I want us to be a church that has the glory of God manifested. I want the whole city To look at us and say. The glory of God's among them. In fact God promised. He said in in the book of Haggai. He said you build a temple. I will fill it with my glory. And I said God we want to build a temple. A house. A people. With whom you will fill with your glory. Amen. Not just an empty house. I mean empty meaning. Not just people that, that. We just come and gather. And have church services. No, 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 no. We want a temple that's full of his glory. I mean it's full of. Character, grace, and truth. Full of the supernatural and full of unity. That's the kind of temple you want to have. That's the kind of temple God says, I will fill with my glory. So we as a people this year must pursue grace and truth. Character must pursue. Supernatural must pursue unity and fellowship. So let me close with this. You know, there are some things that we can do to attract the glory of God. There's a time in Israel's history... When it says the glory of God departed. And he left the people. That's unfortunate. But there was a time in their history. When the glory of God departed. Left God's people. So which means that there are certain things you and I can do. To attract the glory. His promise is the glory of God will arise on you. But every promise is conditional Whether conditions are stated or not. Are you with me? Every promise is conditional. There is an implicit condition. Whether conditions are stated explicitly or not. So when God says, His glory will make a difference. It is a fact. It's what He wants to fulfill. But it also implies that you and I will do things that will attract the glory, not keep it away. Because God's people did make that mistake. And the glory of God did did depart for a season from the people of God. So there are four things that you and I from scripture can understand that attracts the glory of God. Which you and I must be careful to pursue, careful to walk in. These are not new things to us. These are things we all know. But I just want to remind us. First is purity. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 14 to 18. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord is Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. And walk among them. I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Therefore come out from among them. And be separate says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. And I will receive you. I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters. Says the Lord Almighty. So God is saying you know. I will dwell. I will walk. I will be their God. Meaning I am willing to Release my glory for them. But there's something I want them to do. Come out and be separate. Don't touch the unclean thing. Amen. It's kind of interesting that Paul is quoting Old Testament scripture to New Testament believers. I was reading this and a light bulb went off. See, this validates the Old Testament, that the Old Testament applies to us New Testament believers. Amen. Because he's quoting Old Testament scripture for New Testament believers. So someone say, I don't read Old Testament. I read only New Testament. Paul is quoting Old Testament scripture too. So you better read the Old Testament. The point is, he gives a promise. I will dwell in them. I will move among them. I will be their God. So I'm going to release my glory on them. But there's a condition. You got to be separate. Don't touch the unclean thing. You got to be holy. Amen. So pursue holiness of purity. God walks and dwells among those who live holy. Second thing we know from scripture that that attracts the glory of God or causes a manifestation of the glory of God is faith. Standing before the tomb of Lazarus, he's been dead now four days. Jesus arrives late, according to Mary and Martha. And then Jesus says, move the stone. And they tell him, Lord, he's been dead four days. He's, he's probably stinking. And Jesus says to them in John eleven forty, 40, he says, didn't I tell you that if you will believe, you will see the glory of God. If you will? If you will believe, you will see the glory. So we know that faith, faith attracts or faith causes manifestation of the glory of God. Who God is and what He does. If you will believe. Now, the kind of faith we're talking about is not the faith that believes that God can, but it's a faith that believes, that knows that God will. Even the devil knows God can. Amen? So the kind of faith we're talking about is not the faith that says God can, but it's a faith that says God will. It's a conviction in your heart. I know God will. Why? Why? Because he promised. Amen. He will. See, when Jesus was standing before the tomb of Lazarus, can you imagine this? Father, if it be thy will, let Lazarus come. He wasn't praying that way. He said, move the stone. And even before that, he said, Father, I know that you've heard me. Meaning, I know it's a done deal. I know that you have heard me. So he was operating with a conviction that this will happen. Amen. Move the stone. Because he's going to come out. So we got to come to a place where we, the kind of faith that says, I know God will. The kind of faith that says God can, even the devil has. But we as believers must have the faith that says, I know God will. He will heal. He will provide. He will deliver. He will cause me to triumph. He will bring me out. He will cause me. He will. He will. Because he promised. Amen. And that kind of faith causes a manifestation of the glory of God. Number three is authority. You know, God has vested authority. And we can just look at it from so many different angles. God has vested authority in each one of us as people. As his people. Authority on earth. Dominion is in us over every work of darkness. Jesus said, I give you authority in Luke 10:19. I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. That's dominion. He's putting he said, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will by any means hurt you. He vested authority and dominion in you. It's time that we as God's people got up and began to walk in it. Because He's given it. And when we walk in that authority, we will see the glory. Amen? And it's given to every believer. He didn't say, I give the pastor, I give the evangelist. He said, I give you. Every believer. Authority. So when you rise up with that authority, with that dominion, you know that you will conquer. You will dominate. You have that kind of an attitude. We're not against people. I'm talking about over all the power of the enemy. What the devil's doing. What the devil's orchestrating against you. Of the assignments of the devil against you. You stand up with that kind of dominion in your spirit, you will see the glory of God. The last thing is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Again, God's given it to every believer. And as we learn to move and flow and operate and depend on the Holy Spirit and His anointing, His work in our lives, we will see the glory of God manifested. So in your place of work, business, depend on the Holy Spirit. And as He gives you ideas, as He leads you, guides you, you'll begin to see the glory of God. Because of the anointing in business, anointing in, your market, in the marketplace, anointing in your work, anointing in your school, anointing wherever. God anoints His people to do whatever He calls them to do. If God has called you to be a sportsman, then it's an anointing. So you, mean, you mean God has an anointing? For, let's say God has called you to be a football player or an athlete, a sprinter. So you mean there's an anointing for sprinting? Yes. and no, it's very biblical. 1 Kings chapter 19. It says, the hand of the Lord came on Elijah. And he ran faster than the chariot of horses. See what the anointing can do. The point is, for whatever God's called you, he also anoints you. Doesn't matter what it is. It could be the arts, it could be media, it could be entertainment, it could be business, it could be... Uh, ministry of course, anything God calls you, He also anoints you. But you must depend on the anointing to see the glory. Amen? God, let the Holy Spirit flow through my life as I do this, because you called me to do it, you will see the glory of God. Amen? So the word of the Lord for us, 2012, is God's glory will make the difference. His glory will make the difference. He's promised us. The Lord will arise on you, His glory will be seen on you. But then, we've got to be careful to attract that. Walk in purity. Walk in faith. Walk in authority. Walk dependent on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We will see the glory. Amen. I'm praying that God's glory will be so manifested in us as a local body. That even the government will take notice of us this year. Amen. Something's happening among those people. Amen. That God's glory on us will be so powerful, releasing us in such a way that the city will take notice. Can it happen? We can. It's up to us. We want to walk in purity, grace and truth. We want to walk in faith. We want to walk in authority. We want to walk in the anointing of God, we want to walk in unity. The glory will be manifested. That's his promise. Amen. I want you to pray. And just to talk to the Lord and tell Him in what ways you're expecting to see His glory manifest on your life in 2012. In what ways would you, like, would you expect to see His glory make a difference for you? I don't know how this message applies individually, personally. I want you to pray and say, God, I believe that your glory on my life will make the difference. Expect, I expect things to be different because of your glory on me. I'm willing to do what is necessary to make sure I attract the glory of God in my life. That I walk in purity. I walk in faith. I walk in authority. I walk in the anointing of God. Depend on the Holy Spirit. And Lord, here's where I'm expecting your glory to make a difference. That in these areas of my life, I want things to be different. Because of your glory. Because you reveal who you are and what you do for your people. You give a visible expression of who you are, the kinds of things you do for your people. His glory will make the difference. Tell the Lord in what ways you expect to see His glory manifested in your life. In what areas you want to see His glory make a difference. It's between you and the Lord now. Tell Him, God, I am willing to come out and be separate not touch, and touch not the unclean thing. I'm willing to walk in purity. I'm willing to walk in unity. I'm willing to walk in faith. I'm willing to walk in authority and the anointing. Father, we just thank you that you see every heart right now as we, your people, pray before you and say, God, we expect your glory to make a difference in our lives, in these areas of our lives. The darkness cover the earth and deep darkness the people, yet the Lord shall arise upon thee. His glory will be seen upon Who he is and what he does will be made visible in you, in your situations, in your circumstances, in your life. Father, we are expecting your glory, God, in 2012 to be seen upon us. Who you are and what you do, your goodness, your mercies, your compassion, everything contained in your name. To be made visible to us. In us and through our lives, God. We are expecting your glory. Let your glory truly be manifested. And even for us as a church, as a body, God, we pray that this year there will be such manner of release of your glory amongst us. That the Gentiles will come to our light and kings to the brightness of our rising. That the abundance of the sea will be converted because of the glory of God upon us as a people. We just thank you, God. We just thank you. I also want us to just take a few moments here just to leave behind us the, the sins, the failures, the negatives of 2011. I know we prayed about it, but now there's an, an all the more reason why you, you and I need to do this so that we can see the glory of God released. So I want you to pray just between you and the Lord right now and say, God, things that I may have been messing up, messing with, things that I may have been playing with in 2011 will not come with me into 2012 because I'm serious about the glory of God. I'm serious about the glory of God serious, but coming out from among them and being separate and not touching the unclean thing, because I do want my God to walk among me and be with me and be my God. Would you take this time to pray and say, yes, God, I'm really serious. I want to see the glory of God in my life. I don't want to have anything that would... deter me from experiencing this promise that the Lord will arise on me and His glory will be seen upon me. Just go and pray and say, yes, Lord, I, I purpose to walk in purity. I purpose to walk in faith. I purpose to walk Exercising the authority you've given me. I purpose to walk depending on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I purpose to walk in unity. All those things that attract the glory. And cause a manifestation of the glory of God. I purpose to pursue those things. Because I want to see the glory. before we close if there's anyone here to this this morning you've never received Jesus Christ into your heart into your life if you don't know what it means to have your sins forgiven i just want you to know that the lord jesus died for each one of us on the cross he took upon him our our sins our sicknesses our diseases so that we could be saved Brought into this relationship with God where we could be called sons of God, daughters of God. If you've never prayed a prayer to receive Jesus into your heart, I just want you to pray this prayer with me before we close. Just repeat this after me, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sins. Make me a child of God. And help me to follow you the rest of my life. Do this for me, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's get ready to close. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The darkness cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon you, and His glory shall be seen upon you. Amen. God bless you. Have a great 2012. See the glory of God. Amen. God bless you. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.